0: Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Listen, you've heard my hashtag, different, better, more. What will you do differently, better, or more of in 2023? Some of you have already committed to healing from grief by working with me and my non-clinical approach to grief recovery and support. But for those of you who want to round out your healing with a clinical approach, there's BetterHelp and their network of over 25,000 licensed therapists. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether that's by text, by chat, phone, or even video. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, with more scheduling flexibility and at a much more affordable price. Use this link to get 10% off your first month. BetterHelp.com forward slash C words. That's better, H-E-L-P, .com/cwords The content and conversations with me on this podcast are for informational and educational purposes only. They're not intended to be a substitute for legal, medical, or clinical advice or treatment. Always seek the advice of a licensed or qualified professional. Listen, grief doesn't have to be grim. That's why when I talk about it on this podcast, it's about dealing with grief and loss in a way that influences the changes you wanna make in your life. As you heal, what do you wanna do next? Make a professional pivot, end a toxic relationship or friendship? I want you to have the confidence to navigate change. These are real stories from my one-on-one coaching sessions and my inspiring interviews with change makers. I'm Marcia Cork, The Change Coach, and this is ooh those f and c words. Hello, 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 MCs. Welcome back to ooh those f and c words and happy belated Mother's Day and happy heavenly Mother's Day to all of our angel MCs. I know Mother's Day weekend is a whirlwind of emotion and commotion. Graduations, teacher appreciations, um celebrating our mothers and our mother figures, and of course, us being celebrated. So I want to recognize that the holiday can also be difficult for some. Um, If Mother's Day is one of those occasions for you, please reach out to me. I know the importance of finding ways to both get through the day and to honor the day. I'd love to hear Um, you know, what new traditions or tributes you've incorporated into your lives, if you've lost your mother or a mother figure. And I'd love to hear from you if this is, you know, something that you struggle with. I've got some great interviews coming up. One of them with celebrity hairstylist Shirley Gordon. I have one with a TEDx speaker. Um, an OCD advocate. His name is Sean Flores. Then in June, I have executive producer Jasmine Henley Brown on the show. She's a Sony executive and the former executive producer of the hit podcast, Reality with the King with Carlos King. If you're into reality TV as much as I am, then you know that Carlos King is almost single-handedly responsible for the best years of the Housewives of Atlanta. So um, Jasmine Henley Brown has worked with him. And then I'm also going to highlight Fathers in June, of course, with some conversations that impact men uniquely. And we're celebrating Black excellence for Juneteenth with, those com- with that conversation with Jasmine Henley Brown. So look forward to those. In fact, uh, you should get ready for those now by following the podcast if you don't already but also by subscribing to my YouTube channel for the visuals. So pause if you want and head on over to youtube.com forward slash the at sign. It's Marcia Cork and you can subscribe there um, before any of those episodes release. You'll get notified when they're released. Yeah. So lots of great stuff ahead. But to look ahead, first, we always have to look back. And today I have some updates. I love when I get updates. Today we find out how Lakia's group exercise with her children went. And we hear from Annette uh, on how she felt after writing her release letter. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> hopefully you remember them both. But if not, um, their episodes from are from back in March so if you haven't already listened, you, know, you you can pause right now and go back to those episodes. Um, they were titled, I Hate When People Say I'm Strong, featuring um, Annette's grief story. And my kids and I lost my husband and his father just months apart. That was Lakia's story. All right, well, let's jump into those updates. So no, thank you for um, continuing to do the work. And I would definitely like to hear how things have been going.
1: Um, So I led all five of them in the house through the steps of the exercise. I combined some of them with them and we had to take like a break because of the little ones. But for the most part, they made through it. Um, And as you told me earlier, I guess I did get a breakthrough from the teenager. Okay. Um, so talk about that. She, she normally doesn't want to talk about anything. And so I just started the way you suggested, letting them listen to the thing, mm-hmm. but I prefaced it by saying everybody has a different truth. Um, and she happened to be in sociology. So she understood what I was talking about, about ascribed social statuses. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm a wife, but I'm also your mother. You know, so that's two different roles that I'll play. And I so the role that I'm talking about is, you know, daddy as my husband and me as his wife. But it's not y'all truth. It's just my truth. And I Mm -hmm. didn't want you to base what you feel about your father on what I said, you Mm -hmm. know, just understand it's my experience. And so we listened to it together. And then I had him go through the activities and she she went off like she was writing, but she didn't write anything. But the thing I always try to get to her is like, you have the place and the space, use it. Yeah. Because it it might not always be that. Like, I'm 45 years old and just unpacking some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So, at 17, if you can unpack it, unpack it. Yeah. But her thing was mostly like kind of non empathetic. I realized that a lot of what I experienced from my mother, mm-hmm. I had incorporate as much as I didn't want to, I incorporated because that's all I had. Mm-hmm. So I guess just operating from a place of there. She mentioned some of the things that I did where I was my mother to her. Ah,
0: Okay.
1: So mm-hmm. a lot of uh, pain, trauma, words that was exchanged and she always will start and cut herself short but i was like go ahead i'm listening yeah you know i took your advice i didn't interrupt her i didn't say anything and well i jumped in and told her i'm listening
0: mm-hmm.
1: but i'm not responding because i want you to get it out
0: i was going to ask did you explain that to
1: her in advance so that you know get- i didn't explain it in advance but i just jumped in real quick okay but yeah, hers came out in a lot of anger because she didn't want to do anything. She didn't really want to say anything. She didn't have any letter to write. But I kept on like gently nudging until uh-huh. um, it came out. And she said she felt that both of us were the problem. We were both childish.
0: Okay. So when so she both says we, both of us, does she mean both, both you me and, and her? Dad,
1: or? Both me and dad. Okay. Okay. And that we subjected her to a lot of things that she shouldn't have had to have been subjected to as a child.
0: Okay.
1: You know, with our childishness and both of us going back and forth what I didn't know, but I assumed because I think I talked about it last week too, that he moved from the progression of physical abuse to emotional abuse to financial mm-hmm. abuse. And then the last step, once he was sick, we were separated and all those things he couldn't control mm-hmm. was him dictating the narrative to them about me and i always assumed Mm. it but i never did it about him like Mm. i made it my mission not to talk about him in front of them to them anything of that sort but apparently he talked to them a lot so that was some of what came out in her anger that he called me bitch said he hated me didn't want to be married Mm. to me like, and this is a lot of stuff she's hearing. I don't even know at what age she's hearing. Yeah. I'm assuming 15, 16 years old, but I assume that had to be hard, you know, cause you love yeah. your mother and you love your parents as your parents. So to be stuck in there as kind of a confidant right. <laughs> to your dad, as opposed to just his daughter, um, Liam had some of the same things to say. But like I said, just to hear it was hard because I didn't think that that was right or fair. Yeah. You know, they shouldn't have to be subjected to the middle of our relationship.
0: Yeah. And then they're left um, conflicted, not knowing what's true and what's not. Right. Needing to still, you know, have a relationship with you, but maybe feeling now some anger or resentment for whatever it is they're being told about you and not knowing whether that's true or not. Yeah. Yeah. So how were they in listening to your grief exercise, you going through the, the, you know, the truth about your trauma, the history of your events, um, your chronological account, how were they for that portion?
1: I would say they all were very in tune. The teenager didn't react though, but she reacted in her way to me. She's very avoidant. But um, I think one time I was listening to it and I started to cry up again. So the younger boy came and hugged me and then all of them came and hugged me. And even though she didn't come over and hug me, she looked at me. Yeah. So to me, that was uh, a small victory. And I'll take that small victory because normally, like I said, she's very avoidant. And I saw her as she was listening, going through her processing methods. She was um, doing this to her face. I don't know what you call it, but basically, like tapping her face, mm-hmm. like it's, going from the top to the bottom, tapping yeah. her face. It's, it's I heard sensory. her humming at one point, so I heard her going through some some of her coping skills. Okay, as she was listening. Okay, yeah,
0: it's sensory sensory processing. Yeah, so, you know when we when when we need to feel something, which is um, it really is as you as you understand more about stirbs, um all those things are very similar. It's it's emotional expression. it's yeah. the it's needing to do something with that energy the way that you're reacting in the moment. So whatever's going around on around you or whatever happened in your past that creates um, that's triggering or creates this flashback, it's the energy that's created in response to that as a stimulant
1: right.
0: And so then to get rid of that energy, to get that energy, you know, somewhere, what do we do? So for yeah. some people, it's an emotional outburst. For some people, it's like you said, just needing to feel some sense of touch. For some people, you know, why we respond to a hug the way that we do. Yeah, for yeah. some people, it is, um, you know, doing too much of something, the overindulgence and sometimes in unhealthy ways. So yeah. I know, I know you've wrapped your mind around this concept of stirs but you'll see it more now. You will you will be a lot more in tune to what people do to release energy.
1: So I talked to them about it. Um, and so I talked to them about the fact that I did some of those behaviors because it was emotionally hard for me. So I had like a very busy weekend that whole weekend. It was the viewing, the funeral services on Friday. And then Saturday I came and I had a vendor event. And then after the vendor event, I helped my friend cater for um, a big event we had here in town.
0: Yeah.
1: And so after all of that, like being physically exhausted, emotionally exhausted, I did get some drinks and overindulged to the point where I was like, "Okay, I know what I'm doing and why I'm doing it." So at mm-hmm. least I can I can assess it there. But I thank God for my girlfriends because they were looking out for me. <laughs> yeah. They intercepted that last stream.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so you have, you had emotional support, you had group support, you probably were allowed to ventilate, you know, vent where you needed to um, yeah. recognize the unhealthy ways of coping, but still had the the support around you that allowed you to be expressive. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really what it's about. It's that emotional expression, being able to, to get it out in healthy ways versus unhealthy ways. Yeah. So even with your daughter, like you said, it's still a breakthrough because she is learning to be more emotionally expressive with you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And like I said, she doesn't talk at all. And I I sometimes have to, like I said, nudge to get that out. And it really hurt. It really hurt. I did not sleep well. Mm. Um, You've had a few conversations with me about my past, but I think I talked about it in the first episode. You know, I took pills. I was a cutter. So in my mind, I'm going through those things that like, should I give up that? But I'm like, no, I've come this far. Yeah, I've come this far. And even though it hurts, I have to allow that. I cause that. And I have to allow her to say what she needs to say and sit there and take it. Yeah because the hardest thing for me to hear was she was like, um, like I said, non-empathetic was like, well, you should not talk to your mother no more. Like I plan to move away and not talk to you anymore. And I was like, what? (laughs) In my mind, like, okay.
0: Did you ever get an opportunity to address that? I know you said you wanted her to to speak freely and you didn't interrupt, but was there ever a moment after the exercise that you circled back to explain you know, why you didn't react in that moment, but you still want to have that conversation.
1: I just told her the point of me having them listen was to have an understanding of why I did the things that I did mm-hmm. and that they weren't right. I apologize. And then I also told her um, about your different, better, more. I said, the purpose of this is to be different, to be better and to be more. And I said, right. I'm, I'm progressing toward that. And I just told her, you know, We can continue to talk about it, but I would like a relationship with you Mm -hmm. and you don't owe me your forgiveness, but I would like your forgiveness and I would like to not move past it, but build upon it, like make it so we build upon it. And I told her like um, that because I was human and because I did apologize because I changed my behavior, Mm -hmm. that it wasn't fair for her to basically keep me on a cross
0: hmm.
1: or punish me or keep punishing me.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: told her, like, this is the reason that I want you to process this and get it out. Yeah. You know, and again I reiterated what I said about their dad that I believe he held on to so much stuff. At some point, it started affecting his health um physically. Mm-hmm. And I tell her, and the oldest one, not really the youngest one, but um, some of these things are in you all DNA. Mm-hmm. You know, so you don't know what's gonna pop up, what's gonna trigger, you know, it's in your DNA.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you can have high blood pressure, mm-hmm. you can develop diabetes.
0: Did you ever get a chance to look up um James Pennybaker? On your and and this is just to support because I know you're someone that likes to do the work and you like to yeah. have the support. So um introducing well, you, you introducing James Penny Baker and his work, you know, you wrapping your mind around it and then sharing it with your daughter may be helpful as well because she will learn more about um, expression. Yeah. Just, just freedom of expression in every shape that that takes. So, you know, there's music therapy now, there's art therapy now, there's, there's just so many different forms of exercise that can be, like you said, cathartic and therapeutic. And it's all about emotional expression. It's all about, um, you know, the, the, the positives that come out of the visualization as well, because the visualization is helping you form more, you know, more positive thoughts. And then the positive thoughts just, just encourages positive behavior and, 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 and and promotes health. So um, I'll definitely share some links, maybe share um, the title of his book. I think the book is actually called Opening Up you know, um, the power of, yeah, opening up the power of confiding in people or confiding in others, something like that. But I'll share that with you.
1: Um, She is, she does tend to be introverted um, and she's a creative. So I had to learn that like sometimes she's cocooning. So I kind of, I don't people like I get other parents and I'm pretty sure you've gotten this as well. Like just make her, but I'm like, she's be 18 soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and th- that's the thing. Like she needs to develop her own individuality. And, you know, I'm a part of that because I do what I do in my business. But her being a creative is to a different level. Like she draws, she plays music. That's to a different level. And somebody explained that sometimes for them to go to the next level or grow themselves. They kind of need to be inward. They kind of need wow. to cocoon. Okay. So I leave her to herself you know, in times and spaces so she can figure things out on her own, yeah. because that's the point of it. Yeah. Like and it's, and it's want to get them to the point in 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 their childhood where they're transitioning to adulthood, where they're comfortable and they trust themselves to make decisions.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they're not just doing it because you said so. They're doing it because in their mind, they decided it's right.
0: And she is being expressive. Again, I just said that, you know, art is expression. So she is still finding ways to emote, it sounds like. Yeah. Okay. What about the other kids? Any observations um, from them?
1: My oldest son, he carries a lot of guilt. A lot. I was like, who are you? Your mother's child. Hmm. He internalizes everything. He apologized to me for my life. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. that is not your fault, sweetheart. That is not your fault.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: I said, mommy appreciates your empathy.
0: Mm -hmm. I
1: said, but that has nothing to do with you. And then a lot of what he was talking about. So he did express um, what he wanted to say but we didn't get a chance before it got real late to actually write out uh-huh. the release. So his release to me was we had a pet at some point and he started talking to me about he mixed the two stories up. So I never talked about Kyla, the child that is six but and I'm only saying her name to distinguish but Paige um, I had to go place a stent in her, but he mixed the stories up with Kyla. Kyla. Oh,
0: okay. Um,
1: what happened with Kyla was when I found out or whatever, what thing they was, they was like, Oh, she has a big chromosome abnormality on two and eight aboard her. Um, I was just trying to find out whether she was a, a boy or a girl and cause they do the down syndrome test through your blood work.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And so I went to the specialist and the specialist was like, you're very far along Your body probably would have spontaneously aborted it. But the weird thing about it was whatever piece of paper that was in my chart that the doctor was reading did not have my name or identifying. It had no identifying information on it altogether. Hmm. So he kind of mixed those stories up. But his story was, well, you went to save the baby. Why couldn't you save the cat? Does the cat, does the baby mean more to you than the cat meant to you because you put the cat to sleep and took the cat away from us? And I had to honestly tell him, Liam, yes, in my mind, I'm like, I carried the child inside of me. I carried both children inside of me. I didn't carry the cat. Like, the cat wasn't human. And I was like, to me, that's why I really never wanted pets because it's a duty of care. And they're not covered by insurance. You know, you have to purchase insurance. And I told him, you know, we got tests for the cat as much as we can afford, but the treatment would have been very costly and we couldn't afford the treatment. Uh huh. So that was in his kind of explaining to me what he was upset at me about and what he okay. needed for me in that story. And when he told me he wanted to write about his dad was, you know why didn't you take your medicine? It was only ten dollars. I had ten dollars. You know, and he's what he talked about was like you talked to me about something for thirty minutes. I think TikTok. He said talk to him about something thirty minutes for TikTok. Going back and forth about TikTok. Why didn't you take your medicine after you picked it up? So that's what he wanted to say to his dad. Okay. Because he had the medication. He stopped taking the medication or ran out of the medication on Wednesday. And from Wednesday to Saturday, he was um, unmedicated on the blood thinner. And he picked it up Saturday morning, but still did not take it all day long until he started feeling himself go into yeah. the show. Mm-hmm. But by that time, it was too late to do anything. So that's what that's what his release or what he said he wanted to write.
0: Okay. And so do you see the value then? You see just how important it was for you to be there for this conversation, for him to be yeah. able to to express himself, but then you be able to provide context. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So oh, they understand a little story. <laughs> the babies weren't as lengthy because they're babies. They're just yeah. five and six. But even a five-year-old was like, Daddy spanked me and I, I got mad at him for that because I just had an accident on myself. Like she saying this. I had uh-huh. an accident on myself and I didn't like that he did that because it was an accident and you shouldn't uh-huh. you shouldn't hurt people for accidents. Mm hmm. And so she was like that. <laughs> like I asked them the questions. And like I said, I wrote them down. I told the older ones they would have to write their own down, but we did kind of talk about it. So mm-hmm. I was really, really shocked because I didn't think that they would go to that level. Yeah. Her little right. five year old self was allowed to be expressive and she did exactly. in her in her little words.
0: In her little words, in her five year old head, look how much weight that carried. Yeah. And it would have continued to carry that weight throughout her life if she'd never expressed it.
1: Yeah. And Mm -hmm. her final word was, I miss you to her dad and I love you to her grandpa. Okay. So, like I said, I didn't expect them to have no long drawn out things of what Mm -hmm. they wanted to release.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that's why I wanted to share the different examples with you, you know, what a child's letter might look like. Versus yeah. what an adult's letter would look like, because, you know, there's only so much that they um, can articulate at that point. Yeah. But it's still a, a release for them. Yeah. 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 And it sounds like you had a good um, that, that that cat example ended up being really helpful as well. We talked about nature and how and and, and how nature can help us process death yeah. and the process of dying the yeah. the um you know all the different things that go into how and why a living thing dies you know yeah. then he was able to it to align what happened with his cat with what you went through with a sibling
1: yeah
0: and wouldn't have had any any um context or, or ability to align those things and make sense of it without this conversation. So I, yeah. I definitely see some some
1: benefits in that in that conversation. Oh I do too. Yeah. Like I said, they tend not to be so expressive and talkative
2: mm-hmm.
1: all the time with the the baby just talks. Okay. <laughs> she okay. just goes on and on and on sometimes. So I I think she's a little old woman trapped in a little body. Uh,
0: but yeah.
1: <laughs> not to be so expressive, but they actually participated. And like I said, I feel the teenager participated in her way. Like she did not get up. She did not. She respected what I asked. I asked her to take her headphones off and put Mm -hmm. her phone on the table. Mm -hmm. She did what I asked of her and I saw her listening. I saw her react to the things that she was hearing.
0: And this was the first time. Yeah. So this can be, like I said, something that you work into, um, family rituals, you know.
1: Oh, it's definitely going to be that because I sent it to the older child and was like, well, I have to do it with you too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cause that's right. You have one out of the house. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Very good. All right. Is there anything you want to, is, is there, are there any questions, anything you want to bring up before we move on to how to apply this long-term as part of your toolkit, as part of um, the oldest that's in the house, how she
1: can use this as a toolkit as well? Um, No, it was just, if anybody else is looking back on this, after you get Miss um, Marcia's grief recovery book, just know, just stay in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be hard. And like, that's my tendency. If things are hard. I'm like, no, nah, forget this. But I'm happy that I'm pushing through.
0: Yeah. It's work, but it's good work. Yes. And now, an update from Annette. So when we spoke, it was the eve of the anniversary of my uncle's death, her husband. that reached out and we did a session to help, um, you know, just release some of the energy and uncertainty around acknowledging that first year and what she would do to honor Stanley that first year. I also prepared her for writing her release letter. So today I'll have Annette read her release letter out loud to me. Uh, we might not include it in the episode, but it is part of her session and a part of the methodology. So we want to make sure that those expressions are released and land somewhere. If you are doing this exercise um, uh, you know alone, um, then you want to make sure that you can confide, share that letter out loud with someone that you love and trust and who's supportive of your healing. But when you do that exercise, just make sure that the person that you're reading aloud to understands that they are to listen only, right? They're not to comment. They're not to offer any feedback. So um, that's what that experience is, is will be like. And so I want to, you know, at least give you that background. So my my grief recovery framework is carried out over four sessions typically. Um, but on this podcast, of course, I'm sharing Fragments of those four sessions. So, what you're getting today um, is a snapshot, you know, snapshot of broader conversations. And so, what you're getting today with Annette is more like the debriefing that typically occurs in week four after someone has drafted their release letter and that, and now they're preparing to kind of fly solo and add these techniques into their toolkit long term. Okay so let's start with some insight um uh, into your last session give us give us some feedback how did you feel afterward
2: I felt like i released a lot of feelings afterwards i uh the next day i just um i didn't feel my heart didn't feel heavy my chest didn't mm. feel heavy okay and that was that that was a good feeling and I've always felt very heavy in the morning
0: mm. it's,
2: it's hard to express how you feel, but it's, it it was a relief for me. So thank you for that.
0: And thank you for sharing. And the reason why I wanted you to share that is because, you know, it's work, it's work. I know, I know how much of a, of a process that is. You're reopening old wounds sometimes, very old wounds things Mm -hmm. you're probably um, reliving experiences that you have buried so deep. Um, never expecting to relive relive them again or suppressing Mm -hmm. them anytime a person is triggered or has some types of flashbacks or memories. So as people go through this exercise, I I do want to to mention um, and and just be honest and transparent about, yes, the hours, maybe the days following these exercises might be tough because of opening some old wounds, but long-term, there's healing. Like you mm-hmm. said, there's there's the release of that energy. There's a heaviness that's lifted. Mm-hmm. There's, um, you know, an Im- improvement in your immune function. There's mm-hmm. just improvement with mental um, and emotional wellness as well. So the mm-hmm. benefits definitely are experienced uh, longer term and ongoing. So, yes. yeah. So thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Talk about the experience of actually writing the release letter.
2: I uh, thought I would be able to write it the day that he passed, which was last Wednesday. I did not write it then. Okay. I thought about it, uh, um, I went to, we, I went with his family, with his sisters down to the gravesite this okay. weekend. When I got back on Monday, that's when I started thinking about what I wanted to say. And okay. I know I wanted to draft a letter to Stanley
0: mm-hmm.
2: at, um, It's really of of expressions more than releasing. I don't have a lot of regrets, but I just wanted to let him know how I felt Mm -hmm. a year later since his passing.
0: Okay. Yeah, because we had talked about that. You said you might make that, uh, since you weren't sure how to acknowledge the day, you were thinking about possibly doing the release letter on the anniversary of his death. So you decided to hold off. You spent the day with family instead. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when you came back and you're alone and there's more quiet time, that's when you decided to write the release letter. Okay. And I know you did check in and ask what to include, which is very common. So um, I should share that. It's a very common question. What What do I say in my release letter? Uh, in a nutshell, it really is just anything that you feel like you need to say. And that's going to vary, of course, from person to person. You can communicate um, any any expressions, anything that you feel like went unsaid or that mm-hmm. you feel like you need to get off your chest mm-hmm. um sometimes that's apologies and forgiveness but it can also be um stories you know mm-hmm. you you can sh- share some stories of what's happened since the loved one passed mm-hmm. the same way that you would have wanted to do right. in person so right. you, it can be a story it can be an update um it can be you know just some loving statements but then mm-hmm. Sometimes it isn't always a loving statement. Sometimes it's something that you need to get off your chest. You might need to lay somebody out, right? You might have to pass somebody out. I'm serious because think about the the range and the variety of trauma Yeah, and and life events. And so it isn't always a release letter related to the loss of a loved one, right? So think about the variety of the emotion, I mean, the events that we're experiencing and what might what might need to be said. And so whatever that is for you, that's what goes in the letter. Okay. And so I do have that acronym of starting with anything that feels like guilt and turning it into a regret. I do mention um, including any apologies or forgiveness, but that's really just the start. That's just to give you some guidance. But it's whatever needs to be communicated, whatever mm-hmm. you feel like you need to get off your chest to release that, um, to release that energy. That's what goes in your release letter.
2: I want, that's why I did, uh, right. You I wanted to make sure because what my thoughts wasn't what some of the things that you were saying Yeah. that I knew I said, well, oh, that's not in my letter, but
0: mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: so mm-hmm. I just double checked with you if it's
0: okay. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. There's there's no right or wrong way. No, there's no wrong way to do it. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'll say that there's no wrong way to do it. And then it's um, like I said, I don't like to call it closure. I don't like to call it a completion letter. I like to call it a release letter because you're releasing the energy in that moment. There will be um, maybe times where you need to pull the letter back out and add to it or Mm -hmm. write a new letter. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that can be your PS or your oh, by the way, or or oh, but another thing happened. And so that can be something that you, you know, start to kind of take shape as a journal. Mm -hmm. So all of the conversations that you want to have, instead of keeping them in your head, instead of staying in your head, actually emote, actually express and get those out.
2: I thought it also would be a good thing to do every year. Okay. Write a letter to Stanley every year and Mm -hmm. update him on what's been going on in my life.
0: Yep. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. All right, so are you ready to read your letter? Yes. Okay.
2: Dear Stanley, it has been over a year since you left this earth. Sometimes it doesn't seem that long because I miss you now just as much as I did when you passed. Unfortunately, when you were brought back home from the hospital, you were unresponsive. I regret not having more time to talk with you. I especially wanted your brothers to see and speak with you. My thought is that is the way you wanted it to be. I know you wouldn't want to be helpless and you didn't want me or the family to suffer. I'm especially grateful that you spent your last years at home with me and the family. The nurse told us that you were still able to hear us. I hope you did hear the kind words spoken about you from our neighbors and your family. I was able to lie next to you when you took your last breath. Even though I was asleep, it was comforting knowing I was by your side. We had 48 years and five months together. How many people can say that? We were fortunate to have retired at 55 and enjoy our time together in our new home and community in Delaware. I was looking forward to celebrate 50 years together, but it wasn't meant to be. I do question why sometimes, why we couldn't have enjoyed more senior years together. Thank you for all the notes you have in the garage, which helped me to know when to service the car and to change the filters in the house. I am trying to keep the car clean, but it would never be the way you kept it. (laughs) I am sure you wonder how I am doing. I still cry at times when I think of you and probably will for a long time to come. I am doing my daytime activities, but when I come home, sometimes I don't wanna come home because you are not there. I miss our evenings together, having dinner and watching sports or our favorite shows. I miss doing activities together and dancing with you. I miss you dearly. I know one day our souls will be together until we meet again for another 50 years from your loving wife Annette thanks have a hard to write
0: yeah a beautiful letter thank you So tell me a little bit more about that. You said it was hard to write.
2: Yeah. It's hard for me to even talk about Stanley, as you know, without uh, welling up in tears.
0: It's okay, let the tears come. Yeah, Yeah, he was just so special to me.
2: And that's a long time being with somebody. Mm -hmm. I just hope um there's a heaven there and he's with his family. Unfortunately he's lost a lot of his family. So maybe he was needed more where he is now than he on earth. That's the only that gives me a little comfort. And I know he'll be there when I pass for me.
0: Now, I know your sister was coming in town the last time we talked.
2: Yeah, she left
0: today. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did, did you do- really
2: get a chance? Uh, well, she read my letter and um, she said it was beautiful. Okay. Yeah, she did do that. Uh, she didn't get a chance to read the other things, but uh, she will.
0: Mm-hmm. What about the conversation that we'd had? Um, you said you you were so thankful for this opportunity to talk and that you were thankful um, that you had you were able to have conversations with his sisters, yes to to be expressive, to actually be able to be open and transparent about how you're feeling, yes. and that you don't always feel like you get that opportunity with your siblings because mm-hmm. um, it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. They want you to be okay, mm-hmm. or they might even break down themselves, and they don't want to break down in front of you. I think, I think it's more uncomfortable for, for them than it is for me. So, so you know, did you get yeah. an opportunity to have that conversation with them?
2: Uh, I, I did with Mildred. Uh, the other sisters are not here. One's in New Jersey. Okay. And one's in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I did with Mildred, and and she has broken down with me. Okay. You know, you know, from the beginning, when you know, last year and all,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And do you feel like you've? together you've created a space where she will f- moving forward feel more comfortable talking to you and getting emotional if she if she needs to and and allowing you to talk and get emotional if you need to um
2: i don't know i i don't usually i let me tell you i've talked to my sister a little more about it than yeah. than my sister she's uh the closest person to stanley to mm. me. Of course, yeah. you know, that's her brother. So um having her, I i release a lot of my feelings with her. Okay. And as long as I have one person to do that with, it's very comforting.
0: Yeah. 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 And you have this toolkit now. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yes. I will respond to uh how I felt about the toolkit and all.
0: Okay. Let me do it as yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I want to give a little bit of background. If you're a new listener, um, let me just give you some background on what we're talking about. Um, So we're talking about my four-week sessions for grief recovery, my framework, but then also you've heard us mention the exercises and that Annette did some of the exercises in my my grief workbook on her own. So what that looks like over the four weeks is starting with um, a chronological history of life events and childhood traumas. And so I have you uh, note the feelings and emotions, um, the weight of the impact of those events on your life and wellness overall. To you know, rate on a scale of, of of one to ten the intensity of that particular life event, the impact that it had on your life, and you also share with me how you coped. And it's good to know that because. Um, it's very revealing of whether you, you know, were brought up in an environment where you had to suppress emotions or, mm-hmm. um, you know, protect family secrets, mm-hmm. you know, were you allowed to express emotions? So you do that with me or you do it you know um at a kind of self self-paced, self-guided if you're working through the workbook workbook. But then there's also an opportunity to do this with family or with an in-group who has also, um, you know, shared that loss or shared a trauma with you. So in a previous episode, we had Lakia who shared her experience losing her husband and then losing her father-in-law and um, doing a group exercise with her kids who also, of course, ex- you know, experienced the loss of their father and grandfather. So it can also be done with the group. Then we identify some of the greatest you know, traumas and life events, and I add some visualization to the process so that you can relive those experiences now in a different way. Because typically what happens is, you know, when you, you experience you know, some hardship, some disappointment, you play it back in your head, you play it the same way over and over and over again. Or you focus on one particular thing and you play it in your head over and over and over mm-hmm. the same way. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we call, you know, that that Um And so just like we say with anything, if you do things the same way, you're going to get the same reaction, you're going to yes. get the same response. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so with this methodology, having you now visualize, maybe think about some positives or just some, Um, you know, tangential experiences that were happening alongside that you hadn't really thought about, but they were happening in parallel to these events. Sometimes there's a positive. Sometimes there's, you know, someone who came into your life and was a blessing as a result of that experience. Sometimes there's, you know, additional additional family members who came to surround you. You know, what is it that you can identify and and relive that story, that experience in a different way? And so that is creating then new impressions in your mind on those memories, adding some positives and now reshaping that experience. So you'll you'll live that experience differently. And so now you'll react and respond differently. Yeah. And then another exercise, I might have you walk through, um, you know, the regrets, as Annette and I were talking about earlier, whether there's any regrets, any apologies, um, any forgiveness needed, anything left unsaid. And those types of concerns are what would be included in the release letter. And, um, you know, if, if this is shared, you will have gotten an example of a release letter. All right. So you will be surprised at because i know it's difficult for people to say well how can i think about anything positive you know i'm i'm mm-hmm. mourning the love of my life you know mm-hmm. uh, all i can think about were you know maybe these last days or these last moments or um, you know i i i i understand yes you're you're reliving a traumatic experience or life event How do I tell this in a positive spin? It's not telling it in a positive spin, you know? I don't want you to change what happened. I just want you to think about what was also happening around you and so that you can get a broader picture and see this experience differently. So I've said a lot, I know. Would you like to add anything to that, Annette, to your experience having gone through this?
2: Uh, Well, one thing I don't think I told you my score from the uh, life stress inventory. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. It was uh, 2.32, so I was kind of like in between. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because uh, I went back with my mother because that did affect me just as much as, uh, well, not just as much, but it affected me also. So I didn't go Mm -hmm. back to that too. And um, it's a a lot of life changes when uh, a spouse it's uh, some financial changes and Absolutely. all the things that you have to do. I don't even think I grieved really at first because mm-hmm. there's so many things you have to do mm-hmm. that you have to take care of right away. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe that's why I'm grieving more now. I'm kind of done a lot of the things I needed to take care of. Mm-hmm. and Now, it, 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 it's hit, I think it's hitting me more now than it did at, at first mm-hmm. because, like I said, I didn't even have time to think.
0: Mhm.
2: So had, now to
0: do do do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So think about that now in the context of uh, the sturbs that I talk about, the short-term energy-relieving behaviors. Mm-hmm. So when we do things to create a distraction. Like that's intentional. That's a lot of people's coping mechanism, right? Mm-hmm. Dive into work stay busy spend right. time with friends spend right. spend time with family right. so if you are constantly creating these distractions just to avoid actually dealing and starting to heal mm-hmm. what's happening But well, you're not feeling yeah you're just yeah. suppressing right. it but it off right. for another day but ultimately
2: right. it
0: will resurface it does. yes it will
2: yeah most definitely yeah
0: and you're and, it, and you're experiencing something similar now. You weren't intentionally distracting right. yourself. You had a number of different things going on, just business, just you know, business, to take care yeah. of. right? Yes. But when in those moments when the distractions are gone mm-hmm. and you are left in your head again, right? You need to get that. You need to release that energy. You need to get right. those those thoughts out of your head and actually expressed, right? Okay. And that's what you helped me do. Good. Well, thank you for being such a great participant. Thank you for being open and willing to, you know, actually do the experiences, put the work into them because that's that's what it requires. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't sit down with this and and get started and and then put it off. You won't you won't feel the benefits. You won't get the release that you need if you aren't honest. Um, and vulnerable about reliving those experiences and actually really evaluating the level of impact um, that it had on you, yeah.
2: Well, I thank you because I don't think I would have done this with anyone else,
0: Hmm. you know, an
2: outside someone I did not know.
0: Uh,
2: So uh, I'm glad that you are doing doing the grief recovery and the change and all because uh, a lot of people don't want to go to a therapist.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. why this exists. I wanted right. a non clinical solution and I wanted something that people would be comfortable doing right. alone if they right. weren't willing to do it guided by me.
2: Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, Good. I
0: wouldn't have done this. I would not have done this. <laughs> well, thank to you know? for being honest about that. You <laughs> need to hear that too. Yeah. Yeah.